Welcome to Cycle Breakers and Moneymakers, a podcast for women of color and first gen who are breaking generational cycles and glass ceilings by going places no one before them has ever gone. I'm your host, leadership coach and eldest daughter of immigrants, Mariella Delamora. I left a 16-year marketing career to create a multiple six-figure-a-year coaching business as a single mom. Each week, you'll learn how to build unshakable self-trust, become in demand, lead with confidence, and make more money by being more of who you are. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. I am very excited to be with y'all today and share my hardest learned lessons of 2023 in hopes that it will help you in whatever stage you may be in your business, really just to provide context for any of the results that you see that the result that anybody ever creates in their life, in their business, in anything that you ever see, any wins are always the tip of an iceberg, right? And underneath that iceberg is all of the decisions, all of the investments, the shifts, the failures, the refinements, the new skill sets that have to be learned, the new behavior changes. There's so much. And I think it's important for us to talk about that because I think that the idea of, especially if you use social media, that by default, it's meant to include snippets, which is why I love that I now have a podcast because I feel like I'm able to provide more context into what you are seeing. Even what you saw in the latest launch, which was a 176K launch, it absolutely was the result of like years of consistency. It was, yes, the decisions that I made in the months leading up to it, but it it could not have been possible without what I was doing and who I was being and the consistency that I had in since 2019 before I ever made any money. I landed a cl- my first client in 2020. And so everything pays off. Everything snowballs. Everything has a cumulative effect. And I say this in order to set expectations that you're already on your way there, right? And that the most sustainable path to a business is honestly (laughs) repetition, consistency, and just being willing to re-ask yourself at every stage, what does my business need now? And what do I need now? And those are key questions. So to kind of frame the year that these lessons applied to, 2023 was a scaling year for me. And people will use the term scaling and sometimes, you know, it's like, what does that actually mean? So essentially scaling means serving more clients in an offer that is able to support more clients versus individual one-on-one attention and being able to do that without compromising your client's experience or their results. In fact, the goal really is that client experience gets better and the results get better in this scalable offer. Now, in order to do that, what it means is that temporarily you will have an offer that takes a lot of your time, that is custom, that you will on purpose sell less of in order to free up that time because that time becomes redirected towards the decisions that you have to make, the hires, the systems, the marketing decisions, the program decisions that you have to make in order to nurture. It's almost like nurturing a new plant, right? So you get really, really good at nurturing this one plant and it grows really strong. And then you say, okay, we're planting this other seed now. And then you start to juggle two things at one time. But that also means serving fewer one-on-one clients because you actually need your time back. And so what that means is you're making less money (laughs) in this offer that you know how to sell and that you have demand for. And then you're actually making more investments temporarily because you do need to invest in systems and teams and in different things in order to support this other offer. So you're kind of in this very like awkward baton passing stage where 
you're making less money, you're investing more, you're making decisions at a different level, and you have to continue on. You can't like reactively cut and stop doing the things that your business needs because this is like part of the process, which is why I continue to advocate for not trying to sell multiple things at one time. It doesn't mean only one thing, but I'll talk more about this in terms of it being a lesson that really having one offer that you know like the back of your hand, you know that person so, so, so well, you know that client so well, and you really, really focus on marketing and selling that offer because that security and that knowledge is going to carry you through to everything else. So that's what scaling is essentially. It's like a baton passing period between services or offers that require your time, more one-on-one custom to, to programs or offers or services that can serve multiple clients. For me in 2023, that looked like going from all like the first two years of my business, 100% of my income was one-on-one. I stuck to one-on-one like longer than pretty much any coach I know. (laughs) And I still have one-on-one clients. And then it went from in 2022, it was 78% of my income came from one-on-one in 2022. And then only 33% of my income came from one-on-one coaching in 2023. So it's been this baton passing period, right? I went from like 2023 at the beginning of 2023, At the very beginning in January, I had literally never run a group program before. I had done tons of workshops in other people's programs. I was a resident leadership coach. I still am a resident leadership coach in people's masterminds. So I've run many workshops. I've run them for tech companies, all of that. So it's not that I was a stranger to doing that. I had just not run my own program because I, on purpose, waited three years before I ever ran a group program. And that's because I wanted to know my person and how to help them better than I possibly could. So I, that meant that in the beginning of the year, I was like, oh my gosh, I have a mastermind that I just launched. And I'm learning how to you know, run a, a group and a mastermind, which really, really tests your coaching skills. And so from January, n- never ran a group program to at the end of the year in December, having a 176K launch and welcoming 17 clients. The result did not all happen in 2023. It was really the result of everything before. So that's a huge part of just framing this year so that you know kind of what happened. Another thing that happened this year was I had bigger income spikes and dips than ever before. Like it was a freaking roller coaster. That's on purpose because that's that's kind of what happens. But like I went from never having a zero month in three years to having four months this year where there was zero income. And that freaked me out because I there was a minute where I was like, wait. Am I going to be okay? Did I forget how to sell one-on-one? But then I was like, no, but we're not selling it. We're not talking about it, remember? (laughs) But that was super activating, right? So I went from, like I said, never having a zero month, having four zero months in 2023. I had the lowest earning quarter of my business in Q3, followed by the highest earning quarter of my business in Q4 ever, like history. So that's what I mean by like the dips (laughs) and valleys. That's what scaling looks like. So I wanted to frame all of that. I also took my longest vacation in 2023, which was like a big goal of mine, right? There's just like a lot of things that changed from previous years where it was just a lot of like one offer, one consistent thing. So that's what scaling looked like for me. Let's dive in to the lessons from 2023, from a scaling year, from my biggest launch, the biggest dips, the biggest spikes, the biggest lessons. (laughs) Number one is the thing you are afraid of happening is going to happen in your business, even if you're a people pleaser. What I mean by this is there's probably at any point we're sitting on like an uncomfortable conversation or like, oh my gosh, I hope this doesn't happen. 
it's probably going to happen, <laughs> especially when you're scaling because you just are serving more clients. So statistically, when you're serving more clients, things are going to go wrong and you're going to have clients canceling or not wanting to pay or a client maybe not being happy, having to have uncomfortable conversations you were trying to avoid having, right? But once it happened for me, I realized like it didn't hold as much power over me because the fear of like it ever happening was just so big that when it did actually happen, I was like, oh, it's okay. I can trust myself to navigate this and to make the decision that I need to make or have the conversation that I need to have. And it, it wasn't as bad as I thought, but during the time it, it felt really hard. The thing, things you're afraid of happening may happen or likely to happen, even if you're a people pleaser. And I say this because it's like, even if you avoid like, you know, you're trying to over deliver all that, that's, it's still going to come back and revisit you where you're like, okay, what do I need to do differently? The other lesson, and these are almost like lessons for myself, if I could speak to myself in January 2023, was give yourself a full year to learn how to sell a new offer or service, even if you have sold to the same audience for years and years and years. So I sold exclusively one-on-one for so many years, yet I still had to learn my mastermind offer, almost not from like the beginning, but it was like, it was slightly different. And it took me three launches for marketing to feel easier and clearer and for me to feel like I knew who I was talking to and for my marketing to get super specific to the point that like, if you see how I marketed this last launch of Reclamation, the concepts I was talking about, the specific challenges, the mindset, all those things were so, so specific because I wasn't making them up. Like they were all coming directly from my clients. And it took me three launches, I think, to get to this point and and next launch will be even clearer. But I'd say you really have to just give yourself time. To, to keep talking to this new offer, which is why I don't recommend talking about three things at one time. I always say that like every offer that a business has is almost like a mini business within a business because the ideal client is slightly different. The messaging is slightly different. The way that you market and sell them is a little bit different. So that's why anytime a business changes its offers, even if it's a name, but ideally like if you're changing your offer, you're kind of to an extent, resetting the clock of brand awareness. Because brand awareness is people knowing what that thing is and being able to repeat back, oh, I know what that is. That's this offer. And this is what it's about. Because you have to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And when you're changing it, then you're resetting the clock. And while your personal brand, like people may know you, and that that helps, obviously, because they can they know you and they trust you. But you're kind of making them work overtime to get to know this new thing. And that is why I wouldn't recommend, like at the beginning, fine. But like once you've been in a few years, like you have to just stick with like repeating and talking about what you're doing in uh, multiple different ways versus constantly switching things up. Because any chance that you have for an offer to be successful is just going to come from time and repetition. So brand awareness is needed to sell. So give yourself a full year to learn how to sell a new offer. Resist the urge to constantly change it because every time you do, you will reset the clock of brand awareness. That is a lesson. This was another lesson for me was don't be in a rush to let go of an offer that's selling well in order to scale. Not until the scalable offer is selling just as well consistently. So I am very glad that I did not let go of one-on-one coaching in 2023. I was advised to, 
And I think that that is all fine. But I ultimately had to honor the fact that my risk tolerance and my money safety really required me to be a little bit more safe with the transition from one offer to the other. And because I'm a breadwinner, I am a single parent, that felt very activating to me when I tried to let go of this offer at the beginning of the year. Like I basically stopped marketing it. I told myself I wasn't going to sell it. And no matter how many people told me and multiple coaches told me (laughs) to leave, to stop selling it, I was like, I, at this point, am going to do what my nervous system needs. Because my lived experience and my needs are different from theirs. And I know myself best, and there's no wrong way to do it. And I would rather spend more time in this handover and have it be a slower handover. And for me to feel absolutely secure in this decision to let go of an offer and my reasons for doing it. So I no longer question myself about that. And I just want to repeat that back to you that it, you ultimately, it is, it's up to you, but I would never let go of something that is selling just to scale because you just, for me, it spun me out. Okay. The next is it pays off to be repetitive and speak to the same audience over and over and to not switch things up. I would say that club is very exclusive. The club of people that stick to the same type of service, that stick to the same audience year after year after year and don't shut their businesses down and don't pivot into a completely different thing is a very exclusive club, especially once you get past like the three-year mark in business. Statistically speaking, the majority of businesses shut down, small businesses shut down after three years. So consistency will win no matter what. (laughs) And I'll just share a story with you. So when I was hosting sales calls for Reclamation Mastermind, one of the people who joined told me, I don't even know if you know this, but I've been following you since 2019. And in 2019, I didn't have an offer yet, but I was building my brand, my thought leadership. I was focusing on visibility and basically nurturing my community until I figured out what I was selling really. I was just serving. And she said, you're one of the few people who is number one, like still in business doing, you know, has grown consistently and hasn't switched it up and hasn't just like dropped what they were doing, switched to a completely different thing. And what that really shows, I think my people is I really care about what I'm doing. This is something that I'm so deeply rooted in that I'm willing to spend as long as it takes. Like this is just my forever thing and that matters. And so that's a reminder to you as well. The people in that room essentially in the long game, are there aren't as many there. And if you just let go of like, how quickly are these things going to happen? It reminds me of a Tony Robbins quote, which regardless of what we think of Tony Robbins, but I remember him saying, we overestimate what we can do in a year, but we underestimate what we can do in 10. And I think that the focus on the long game will help you so much in the fixation over like what's happening right now and all these things. Because it's like, okay, well, if you know that the things that you're building or the income that you want to get to or whatever is inevitable in 10 years, then what would you do differently now? You know, and so that's really what it is. And your audience will notice if you are consistent. So that is a lesson. Another lesson is it pays off to focus on your life. If you are not focusing on your life, if you have a problem in your relationship, if you aren't happy with how you're spending your time, if you aren't setting boundaries with family, if you feel like everyone else comes before you, if you feel spent and burnt out, you will put that on your business. 
right? So like you have to look at your life and what you need because what I've seen is that it's like, well, my business is going to help me feel better from life things that are happening. And it's like, no, we actually have to look at our lives. So for me, what that looked like was I hired a house cleaner. So I stopped trying to do it all. For a time, I was even getting like meal delivery sent to the house. I started working with a new somatic therapist. So like at this point, I'm like, I'm always going to have a therapist, always have a somatic therapist, no matter what. I went back to the gym after years really of like dropping it basically ever since I got pregnant. And now I'm like, no, it's literally my job now to focus on my body and focus on my mind. And I also just started planning more things with my daughter because it was always my dream to kind of be the the PTA mom and and all of that and just being very involved that I kept telling myself like, okay, well, I'm working so much, but like eventually I'll be able to do those things. And, and then I just had to be like, well, no, if it's not now, then when? The way that you get there is how you're going to be at the destination, right? So and, and for you, even if this is like you're unhappy in your relationship or something, it's like you focusing on the things that are actually coming up for you is going to help you have a better, healthier relationship with your business because your business isn't going to save you. It's never going to save you. Your business is always just going to reflect back the attachment you have or the lack of attachment that you have. And the less happy you are or the more burnt out you are, the less supported you are, you're going to just attach more to your business and it's not going to be a good situation. Your life matters and you also deserve to feel good as you go through this journey, right? So I started focusing on my life now and all the things that I needed and I got out of self-sacrifice mode. I really looked at the things that I that I needed personally for me to feel happy and grounded now. So that was super important. The other lesson was knowing how to make the right investments becomes a necessary skill. And I say this because the more money you make, you're already planning those investments. It is not, so if, if you're making a quarter million, you don't have a quarter million in your bank account. You do not. <laughs> you are investing a lot of it. You're paying yourself, but it's moving a lot. That The amount that you're going to invest and move is going to be greater. It's going to seem insane when you look at it, right? So knowing how to make the right investments really is a matter of looking objectively as possible at what is my business telling me that it needs? What do I need in this season, right? And knowing that no singular investment is the solution. It's all of your investments work together in conjunction, like a machine, right? But they only work if you make them work. There isn't going to be like, this one thing's going to save me or like, this one thing's going to change everything. No, it's really looking at like, truly, 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 what does the business need? And maybe how is the next investment one that will make, let's say if you're considering three, is there one investment that I can make that will make the other two that I'm considering less relevant or necessary? And so that's a big part of kind of investing in an order that makes sense that will actually solve either the problem that you have or will really just like help you the most. Because I think that something that I'll see too is like people won't realize it, but they're like investing in band-aids. And then all the different band-aids together don't actually solve the problem. And so that just takes time. It takes discernment. It takes leadership to really be like, is this a band-aid solution or is this going to actually like help me in the long term, right? So a big lesson was just learning how to make the right investments at the right time. I was in three masterminds this year. I invested in a rebrand and I invested in the rebrand because I knew at this point, like I knew my people, I knew both my offers. That's why I did it. I didn't do it to like, 
prop up my confidence. Like I already was like, no, I, I'm really good at what I do. I know how to sell my stuff. Now it's time for a rebrand to amplify that. I didn't launch a podcast until I knew that I had the time to focus on that. And so I focused on that at the time that I did. So there were a lot of things that I did this year that were on purpose that I invested at the time that I did. Another lesson is be mindful of not putting people on pedestals based on how much money they make. (laughs) This applies to everybody. Do not put anybody on a pedestal. And I say this when you're like, oh my gosh, I just want to be like them. Or that you would like outsource how what you think about yourself or you would outsource maybe what you think based on what they think. And this is a very slippery slope. I think you kind of know it intuitively, right? That you're giving somebody credit that they haven't earned yet. Nobody is better than you, <laughs> right? There's just people at different stages of business. Money is absolutely a reflection of work, hard work and decisions and time and consistency. But ultimately, they're no matter how much money someone is making, they're just human beings. And I think that's the part where I'm like, don't put people on a pedestal because I think that what you do is like you give that person a disproportionate amount of importance in your life and in how you see yourself or how you feel about yourself. Know that no matter how much your peers are making or your coaches are making, like you still are someone who deserves to be heard and you are someone who has amazing things to offer this world. And that letting that even when you're thinking about who to invest with, invest with people because you respect them, you like the way that they live their life and the way that they run their business, you like the way that their marketing feels when you consume it. You feel like you would thrive just being, you know, in their containers, like those things, but not because they're making more money than you. That just, that I I would just say becomes a very slippery slope, right? So that is another lesson. The other lesson for me is that the bigger my business got, the more I had to rely on my own decision making and discernment, even when I had multiple coaches, like especially when you have multiple coaches, because Something you'll hear at the beginning of business is more like, well, this person said this, and this person said this, and this person said this. It kind of doesn't matter what anybody says because everyone is going to have different ideas. You will ultimately have to develop the skill of taking everything into context, everything you hear with a grain of salt, because nobody knows you and your life and all these things better than you do. No one knows the full picture better than you do. It doesn't mean don't listen to your coach. You hired them for a reason, all those things. But I think that what happens is like you can't just substitute what someone is telling you and not even check in with yourself. Like You have to be able to check in with yourself and be like, okay, they're saying this. Does this make sense to me? And if not, like come back and ask questions. And you should feel like you should could do that at any given time with your coach or just be like, you know, that just feels really that just doesn't feel good to me. So I'm just going to I'm just going to not do this one part and I'm going to do this part. Like some people will say you need to listen to every single thing your coach says. I would say there's two sides to that because there's been plenty of times that I couldn't listen to what my coaches were saying because it like either completely went against my values or it just didn't account for like my lived experiences and needs and how could I expect them to? They're not me. I'm me. I'm responsible for implementing these decisions. You know, like when you think about leaders of multi-million dollar companies, they're not asking for permission. They'll have mentors, but they still are the decision makers. And that's the person you're going to have to become regardless is that you will have mentors and guides, but they are not your teachers. They are not your parent. You're not going to get in trouble 
there's no right or completely right or wrong way of doing things. You're still going to have to rely on yourself and your own decision making and discernment, and that will become easier over time. A way that you can start with this is like when, for example, if you're going to your coach with something, being like, do I actually have a question or did I already make a decision and I just want feedback on that decision? Or do I just want to share something? Or do I want a thought partner or brainstorming? Because sometimes what I'll see is like, people will be like, what should I do? What should I do? And it's like, you're still going to have to figure out, this is how I'm thinking about it. These are the options that I've considered. Here's why I'm I'm leaning towards this one. What do you think? That's a very different way of going about it. And that's all you're doing. That's literally just you practicing your decision-making and leadership, right? Is like going from maybe, do I actually have a question? Or here's where I'm at. Here's my thought process. Here's what I'm leaning towards. Like, what do you think? Is like I said, that's weighted very differently. The other lesson for me was that my money safety and my money management skills really got put to the test because I was no longer operating based on like consistent sales. And instead, I was operating based on, you know, income spikes and managing my money in between and continuing to make the investments that my business needed without reactively cutting them. So that really tested my money. I got money coaching specifically on this. I think I said this last episode, it's what made me cry the most and what spun me out the most. But at the other side of it, I feel actually more secure with money than ever because I have enough evidence of looking back at times I spun out and that I was okay. And I also just normalize that because I'm like, I'm doing something that's kind of bonkers to my mind and to my lived experience to actually like be making this amount, but also investing and having this amount move like feels wild, right? So it really did test that. And now I feel like I know I I plan out my investments further and further in advance. I stack my investments. I know what I need at any given time, but that takes time, right? So that was a big lesson for me, for sure. When you're scaling and you are making less money temporarily and you're still having to invest, that is where you're going to be glad that you focused on selling one offer that you have the utmost confidence in selling because you know, if I needed to bring in clients in this other offer, I could. When you don't have that confidence, you spin out even more. And I see people spend years in this cycle of not listening to that advice. And I have yet to see anybody not have to come back around to solidify one offer that they are confident selling at like the drop of a dime, like that confident. Because when your bank account's getting low and you're starting to spin out, Just knowing I could sell this thing if I wanted to. I could sell this thing if I wanted to. Even if you don't, that's going to carry you through. So I'm telling you, it is so important. And that's what carried me through as well of just knowing like I am going to be okay no matter what. Final lesson of the year was that your business friends that are in your top five most recent texts are the ones who are going to carry you through every season no matter what is happening and no matter what coaching program you are all in. This matters so much. Like this season, some of my closest friends, we all started out in the same mastermind. And, you know, I think that that's great. Like that's how I met some of my closest friends. And eventually we all kind of went in different directions, but like our friendships haven't changed. We may not all talk every single day, but like, we still root each other on, we support each other, we are there through the downs and celebrating the ups. Like these are the people that we don't have to perform for. And I feel like no matter what happens, no matter who our coaches are, no matter what's going on, I truly believe like I know I'm going to be okay because I have my people that understand what I'm going through, which is why the bigger your business becomes, like the more your inner circle of of business friends 
really becomes indispensable. And it has to be other entrepreneurs because when you have a business, your mind is like a whole universe. Like you have this huge internal world and your friends with jobs or your family don't understand that. And so that on its own has just been so huge. Like there have been just so many times this year where I've like cried in the freaking voice notes <laughs> going through something. And it just helped me feel like I was going to be okay no matter what. And I am. And they were also the people there to celebrate with me. But that's the thing is like having your people that are there on both sides of the coin. I'm just so, so, so grateful to have that. And if you don't yet have that, that on its own is going to be hugely transformational for you because when you're doing something that challenges your past conditioning, maybe if you grew up without an example of entrepreneurs or if you grew up without an example of like money being abundant and being everywhere, like pretty much anything you do in entrepreneurship is going to probably challenge what you were shown and what you experienced growing up. So you need as much help and as much reinforcement as possible to go against the current. I think about like there's a river and it's flowing. And if you don't interject, there are certain statistics, things that you would expect of you, right? Based on what you were shown, you're like, okay, you're most likely going to end up in this type of job, this type of whatever, right? And when we start a business, we're going against the grain because it's testing us. Like it puts us through the ringer, right? And so we need as much help going against that grain as possible. And a big, big part of that is our community that really helps us. It props us up it helps us remember like, we're not crazy. This is why we're doing this thing. And normalizing the ups and downs is just so, so, so important. So for me, that was more present than ever. Like I think about the fact that my friends Liz and Erica and my friend Karina is going to come to Mexico City for the Reclamation Mastermind Live event. And I didn't even have to ask. They were just like, we're there. Like, how can we help you? Like, let us know what dates you need us there. How can I help? And it's just such a beautiful thing where I'm just like, damn, y'all, like y'all are really going to fly there just to support me. And I feel like I'm just so lucky. Like, honestly, one of the best gifts entrepreneurship ever gave me is my business friends because it it really helped me see myself differently. And it just helped me feel like less lonely internally because I think I was always somebody that had like a big internal world, like this big universe in my mind that like having people there with me in it, in my little bubble, in my little dreams and be able to explain my dreams and have them being like, I I see this for you and more is just so, so, so important. That's also why I focused so much in Reclamation Mastermind of creating a community that people did feel safe in and felt like they could develop friendships and connections. And that has to be created on purpose because I know that with them having that, their results are going to be magnified and how peaceful they feel and their ability to navigate the tough seasons is going to be so much better as a result. So I honestly, I saved that one for last on purpose because it is by far one of the most important ones. So just to recap, biggest lessons of 2023. Number one is the thing you're afraid of happening is eventually going to happen. But once you get through it, it won't be as bad as you think and it won't hold power over you anymore. Lots of things are going to go wrong, right? As you grow your business and it's okay, it's normal. Another lesson, give yourself a full year to learn how to sell a new offer or service. Lesson number three, don't be in a rush to let go of an offer that's selling well in order to scale. Number four, it pays to be repetitive and speak to the same audience over and over and not switch things up. (laughs) Number five, 
it pays off to focus on your life. Your life results will naturally blend into your business results. Number six, knowing how to make the right investments becomes a necessary skill the bigger your business gets. Number seven, be mindful of your tendency to put people on pedestals based on how much money they make. Number eight, the bigger your business gets, the more you're going to have to rely on your own decision-making versus just taking things completely at face value. And then number nine, your money safety and your money management skills will be put to the test as you scale. That is not a thing to shy away from. It's just a normal part of business. And number 10, your business friends in your top five most recent texts are what will carry you through every season. And I saved that for last on purpose. So I hope this was helpful for y'all. Like I said, no matter what stage of business you're in, just know that anything that you see, any result, anything that anyone has is always just an outcome of the long game of really just focusing on what do you need? What do your business need? And instead of focusing on like the fastest turnaround bandaid, because business just isn't that way, you know? And it's like, if you want to build something that is that you enjoy running, that is sustainable, it really is going to just require you being like, what season of business am I in right now? Because as much as you may think, okay, I want to have a million dollar business, like you absolutely couldn't have it (laughs) if you didn't go through all of these stages in between. Like it would kind of be a disaster because at every stage, you become a new person, you develop new skill sets, you develop like a tolerance for certain things going wrong. You develop a different tolerance for receiving money, investing money, having your, your bank account get low, all of those things. And I really just want to repeat that over and over again, because I think especially in the coaching industry, those examples of like doubling business and all of this like consistently can feel like that's supposed to be the norm. But when you look at the larger business world, that just isn't that isn't the norm also because it's just more difficult to sustain something that's like growing that quickly and inevitably even those businesses have to slow down and go in and do maintenance and the CEO's skills have to catch up all those things are important so you are on the right track just continue on focus on the long game remember most people overestimate what they can do in a year but they underestimate what they can do in 10 and if you focus on that long game Whatever it is that you want to create is not only inevitable, but you have no freaking idea what is actually waiting for you on the other side. Like you can't even dream that up. You can't even dream that up and it's already waiting for you. So just wanted y'all to know that. Have a happy new year and I will see you on the next episode. Now, if you have listened to this entire episode and you are thinking about working with me as your one-on-one mentor for six months, you can learn more and apply at marielladelamora.com. There you'll find dozens of client success stories from business to leadership coaching, which will give you an idea of what you can expect, the range of clients I work with, and my coaching style.